Welcome to Witham Sounding Board, a podcast sharing powerful business tips, insights, and trends for those seeking to become a rock star in their industry. Good day, and welcome to Witham's Lodging Insights and Innovations podcast. My name is Lena Combs. I'm a partner here at Witham and the practice leader of the firm's hospitality services team. Today, I have with me Ed Keck, who is a partner and the practice leader of Witham's Cybersecurity Services Group. Today, we're going to talk about the ins and outs of cyber insurance and renewals. Thank you, Ed, for joining us today and talking about this timely topic and providing your insights to the lodging industry. My pleasure, Lena. Thank you for for having me and thank you to everyone for for listening and participating today. Great. So this is a really timely topic, especially with the news and all of the the things we're hearing about cyber incidents, number one, but also as some of our clients have talked about their struggles with insurance renewals, with claims, those types of things. Mm -hmm. So let's just kind of jump right into it. So Tell me, why does a business need cyber insurance? As with any insurance policy, it's really about protecting your assets, right? So when a business seeks cyber insurance, they're really protecting their assets and they're protecting their ability to continue business. Um, A breach or a ransomware attack that is successful can be very impactful to a business. And it can cost a business hundreds of thousands of dollars, and in some cases, millions of dollars to either recover from the event or to reestablish continuity after the event occurs. Cyber insurance will help pay for those costs and help keep them up and running um, versus having to absorb those expenses themselves. Great. So prior to shopping for cyber insurance, what actions should businesses consider? You know, really before you shop for cyber insurance, you wanna have your cybersecurity house kind of in order. Um, It's what we call cyber hygiene or security hygiene. Um, Just like your daily routine when you get up in the morning, there are security things that you really need to have in place And they're really the basic blocking and tackling of good security. So for instance, if you're gonna shop for cyber insurance, you wanna make sure that you have your policies in order. Most cyber insurance companies will want you to show them your policies in your internal policies, along with some of your controls. For instance, two-factor authentication um, or your business continuity plan or disaster recovery plans, as well as um, having filtering on your email for spam and um, ransomware and things like that. They're gonna look for those basic controls to be in place and for you to be able to evidence the fact that you have those controls and that they're actually functioning. You know, we've, we've seen organizations go out for cyber insurance And the first thing that happens is the underwriter will come back and say, okay, show us the following. And they'll give them a list of things that they want to see. And they're not able to do that. So therefore the underwriter turns around and denies the policy. So if you don't want to go through kind of this whole circle of, you know, having to be evaluated, 
then correct or enhance things that maybe were missing and then have to be evaluated again, you want to get your house in order. The other thing that can happen is what they'll say is that they'll give you a very limited policy, but they won't give you a policy that really covers all the things that could possibly happen. In which case, you may be paying for insurance that won't do you any good in the event of a real incident. So it's really about that cyber hygiene and making sure you have the basic cyber protocols in place and that they're up and running and you can illustrate that they're running. Great. I love that term, cyber hygiene. I'm going to try to use that in a sentence next, tomorrow. Um, I think that's great. Is there a place where a company could go online or a resource where they could get sort of a, I know it would be a generic, but a generic list of those basic types of things that are almost globally going to be requested? Yes. So um, at Witham, we will evaluate um, a client's cyber insurance policy or provide them with that, that kind of checklist free of charge. So you can go to our website, contact us, and we will give you that information. The other place you can go is depending on the insurance company you're working with, um, they will often provide you with um, kind of a preliminary list of what they expect for policies over certain amounts. And what you can do is you can look at that and you can say, okay, I'm looking for coverage between X and Y. So therefore, this is what the insurance company is going to be looking for. Um, but again, for companies that maybe have a policy and they're not sure, boy, did I sign this and say that we have all these things and maybe we don't? Or what is the insurance company really going to look for? in the event I, I do have a, a, a breach or, or a ransomware attack or, or some form of an incident, um, we will gladly review their policy for them uh, free of charge. Great, what a great service. So just switching gears a little bit, when a company is a victim of ransomware, mm -hmm. what should they be concerned about in relation to their coverage and the protection of their business? So when a company is a victim of ransomware, um, the, the coverage, they wanna make sure, first of all, that the, the coverage they have will likely cover the cost of the ransomware or the demand for ransom, um, as well as potentially the cost of recovery should they decide to not pay the ransom, okay? So there's multiple factors that they need to think about. Um, ransomware attacks can cost a company anywhere from um, maybe $100,000 to a million dollars, depending on the company and depending on the information that's tied up. Um, likewise, should the company not pay the ransom and, and believe that they can recover from their backups, they're very often faced with um, downtime associated with the recovery. That downtime is lost revenue. You would want to make sure that your policy would cover that lost revenue, as well as the cost of actually doing the recovery. Um, it's, it's all in the detail of the policy. Uh, and sometimes those decisions are made on the fly 
as to whether to pay the ransom or not pay the ransom. You really want to have those details about your policy going into that decision-making process if you're part of the executive committee for that company so that you can make an informed decision. Um, that's really what they, what they need to be thinking about um, for, their, for their business from a ransomware perspective. The other thing is um, if, you, if you do have a ransomware attack or if you are, should I say, um, experience a breach or an incident of any kind, what I'll tell you is that the most important thing is that you know how you're going to react before that event occurs. So not only in the, not only knowing what your policy provides for, but knowing who you're going to call to provide those breach response services, um, be able to do computer forensics for you, uh, and and you should always have your lawyer on 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 speed dial um, to provide you advice in this space. Uh, so that you can make those informed decisions. Because sometimes it's a matter of, can we recover? We don't have a choice but to pay the ransom. Um, what are we really dealing with? We need a forensics expert to provide that type of information. You really should have a pretty clearly defined incident response plan. Doesn't have to be complex, but at least know who you're going to contact and, and who you're going to bring in to help you re react to the event. Great information. So in the, probably in the vein of an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, um, what is a modern penetration and vulnerability test and why is it important in helping to ensure coverage? So a modern vulnerability scan and penetration test does a number of things. First of all, a vulnerability test or a vulnerability scan scans your environment, all of your computer systems um, that, are, that are in your environment. Um, and it doesn't have to be just computers. It could be your, your printer, your copier. Um, there, are, you know, there are clear examples of people gaining access to a company's environment by breaching the copier. Because the copiers nowadays have hard drives in them, they're printers as well as copiers, they're plugged into the network. And if they're not patched and treated appropriately, they're just as vulnerable as your laptop or any server is. So a vulnerability scan will scan everything that's connected and provide you with a list of vulnerabilities that exist that could be exploited by a hacker. And it will rate them from critical to low. And then you can address those with recommendations on how to address the vulnerability and then you and your IT team can address those vulnerabilities to make yourself more secure. Again, some of that cyber hygiene, right? So you're cleaning it up so that you don't have those exposures. And then what a, what a cyber penetration test will do is there are two types, external and internal. An external penetration test will start with your website and your external points of connection to the internet. And the penetration testing team will attempt to gain access to your computer network the same way a hacker would try to get into your network. The only difference is if they actually get access, they're going to leave a marker behind. Kind of think of it as a, you know, for everyone who plays golf or if you've seen someone play golf, 
you've got your ball marker and you put it on the on the greenwood before you go to putt so you can pick up your ball and you know where it was, they're going to leave a marker behind that says we were here. Okay. But that will tell you, oh, they could have taken over my network. They could have taken administrative rights to my server or to these laptops or to these, these computers. The same thing happens on the internal side. The only difference is on the internal side, they start from inside your network and they will, they will attempt to do the exact same things with the assumption that maybe someone gained control of a computer in your environment and therefore had access to your network directly. Again, the benefit of this is you identify those vulnerabilities, you identify those weaknesses, you can go enhance your security and close those gaps to make yourself less vulnerable to those types of attacks. And would I be right in assuming that that also makes it easier to get cyber insurance and have the, pol the kind of policy you want yes. or need? Oftentimes, the insurance company is going to look for you to have an annual penetration test, internal and external, as well as a semi-annual vulnerability scan. And those can be done, the vulnerability scans sometimes can be done in-house by your own team. But what they look for for the penetration test very often is for it to be an independent test. And they want someone other than your IT team to execute that test. So sure. yes, if you really want to be able to illustrate your security posture to the insurance company, an annual penetration test and a semi-annual vulnerability scan uh, would be recommended. Great. So last question, um, can you provide any examples of where an insured business was denied coverage or was at risk of being declined coverage from a cyber related incident? Unfortunately, I can. <laughs> um, and we have been engaged by several clients to help them illustrate that they really did do the things they were supposed to do. Um, you know, Let's remember that every insurance policy, whether it's your property and casualty policy for your home and your car or any other policy that is out there, um, including cyber insurance, there are requirements. And if you aren't behaving inside those requirements, the insurance company may not have to pay. So, you know, if you have a personal policy for your car and you're using your car for commercial purposes, they may be off the hook if you're in an accident. The same thing holds true with cyber insurance. As I talked about early on, there's usually a list of things that they want you to do, those cyber hygiene items, right? Having a policy, making sure that you delete users that leave the organization, having two-factor authentication in place, either universally or at least for critical assets or for administrative services, those types of things, your penetration test, your vulnerability scan. If they find that you haven't done some of those or that you haven't fully deployed some of those controls, like two-factor authentication or, or you haven't maintained your list of users that, that should be deleted, they will sometimes try to not pay the claim. We've had several clients where 
we've worked with them to say, listen, yes, there was a breach, but while you have this list of controls that you want to see and the client didn't have one item in place, the breach had nothing to do with that item. But that becomes a long drawn out conversation between the client's lawyer, us, and the, and the insurance company before they eventually pay. I can tell you I've actually seen insurance companies take their clients to court to avoid paying the, the claim. Um, some have been successful, some have not. That's why it's very important that you, you look at what's required by your policy, you make sure that you have those items in place, and that you can evidence that to the insurance company in the event that you have an incident. But yes, we have seen we have seen events where um, insurance companies have tried to not pay their clients. That's unfortunate. Well, I think we have some great lessons today, and practicing good cyber hygiene will be the top of everyone's list, I'm sure, after listening to this. And I already used it in a sentence once, so there we go. There you well, go. I really Perfect. appreciate your. I really appreciate your time today, Ed, and this is a really important and timely topic. Um, I know for our clients and a lot of lodging businesses out there, so I appreciate your time and your insight and your expertise. Lena, thank you very much. Happy to have a conversation anytime. Um, and, you know, if there's other things we can do or, or other insights we can bring you around cyber, happy to do that for you and your clients. Thank you. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please reach out to us through witham.com slash hospitality.